French drink to savor the flavors and to enhance their food. Wait, who's saying this? The French. The, like the French said this about themselves. You know, in that highly official <laughs> like, poll yeah. from The Guardian. Yeah. Th- this is truth. This is not fake news. Ah, uh, The Guardian. And then here, Australia, binge drinking is glorified. I believe that. And it's actually fairly similar. So the U.S., w- w- there is a binge drinking culture. Indeed. Yeah. And what what is the uh, the volume amount in Australia compared to the U.S.? Um, that's considered. Australia is ten grams, and the U.S. is fourteen grams. Oh, we win. Of course, we're number one. <laughs> and then here, Italy, twelve grams. Consuming alcohol revolves around food. And the last one, UK, eight grams. This is actually funny. Drinking yourself insensible is not only acceptable; it's admired. Huh. Yeah, I have a buddy who lives in who's lived in London for the last ten years, and he we visited him once, and these guys are drinking all the time, at lunch breaks, dinner, company meals. That's how they do it up in London. What's going on? <laughs> have you uh, ever been to London? I have, yeah. Um, yeah, the the bars all shut down there around midnight. They shut down so early. Yeah, and it's really weird. Um, and there's this like mad, like everybody just tries to slam as much alcohol as they <laughs> can before the bars shut down, and then the bars shut down and the streets are just full of drunk people, <laughs> just trying to get home. It's it's kind of madness. And I remember, yeah, in in some. You know, you would have to sort of do your homework to find the clubs that were open later, you know, the the nightclubs or whatever. But yeah, I was super surprised that the pubs closed that early. I was not a happy camper when I went there all those years ago. Speaking of which, what do you th- what do you think about the uh, the bill that they're trying to uh, allow drinking until four a.m. in uh, several major cities in California, including San Francisco? Oh. I actually think it's a fantastic idea. Like, I know coming from somebody in recovery, that's crazy, but... No, um, I don't think it's crazy. No, but I think that, like, when I'm out, I see people, and people really are trying to kind of get those last few drinks. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I brought it up specifically because I was thinking about what happens in London, and there is, to a lesser extent, because it is later, it is 2 a.m., but on a Friday or Saturday night, you know, right when the bars shut down, there is still... That you know everybody's trying to slam you know their their last drinks and then you know the you know the dangerous time to be on the road is right when the bars shut down. Exactly. Well, and in some ways I dislike it because the club gets really good around three, which is when all the drunks leave, and I think they've all left because they can't get any more alcohol. So from that perspective, I'll have to put up with them longer, which I didn't think about until just now. <laughs> but the flip side of that is that maybe people will pace themselves a little bit better. Um, and I also, I mean, I actually think it's good for the economy really? and good for the city. Do you really think people will pace themselves better because well, booze will be available more for more amount of time? <laughs> it's a theory. Normal people. That's what they promise. Right. I don't know. Plus it is. It's good for the economy. It's like, I don't know. When I did my summer study abroad in Spain, you could basically drink all night and it was fun. And I actually like... I feel like I was a little more marginally responsible about my drinking. Of course, I wasn't as bad at that point in my life either. 
But, like, I was never blackout drunk, even though I could drink all night in Spain, whereas in North America, I've always been blackout drunk. So I don't know if it was just the context or the fact that I could be at the club dancing all night while I drank or that I was drinking a lot of Red Bull and vodka and maybe that was keeping me a little more present in the moment. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, totally present. Oh, oh my god red bull con vodka like the only thing i could say <laughs> oh that's funny uh, yerbas i remember drinking a lot of those yeah. like uh digestive digestivos oh there's like a drink for everything in europe you know drink to take a shit in the morning <laughs> drink drink to digest your food drink to give you an appetite before you eat like strictly for medicinal poipuses. <laughs> oh, Pegasus. I know that for like um Hungary they do that like throughout the day. Palinka. Pal- it's like moonshine. Palinka? Palinka. Oh. Isn't that a game on the prices right? <laughs> Pachinko? Pachinko. Plinko? No, Pachinko is like I think the game hall in Japan or something. Palinka, uh, Palinka. Okay, duly noted. Um, I can't wait till I go to Europe sober. <laughs> I'm a little so. I'm thinking about. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to plan a trip to Berlin for December oh, randomly. Um, but you know, I have been thinking. I haven't been to Europe sober. I mean, actually, I have. I went to the U. I went to London for business, and I actually got my eight month chip in London. At a meeting? Um, at a meeting, yeah. Gee, you never told yeah. me that, dog. That's awesome. Yeah, it was actually pretty cool. It was in, like, the basement of a church and whatever. Um, but aside, but I was at work, so it was, and I was newly sober, so it was just, I don't know. I guess in some ways I was closer to my sobriety then than I am now. And in some ways it's a little worrisome for me to go to Europe. But I feel like Berlin in the winter will not be as... It's not going to be like sitting out on a piazza and having a cigarette and a glass of wine. You know what I mean? It's going to be like cold AF. And it's, it's going to be more like ice luge in the club. Exactly. In Berlin, you know, they have like all weekend parties. You you can come in and out. It's like a house. It's I don't I just remember I, it was I was out of my mind. It was so fun. Um, but I will say. I have, I mean, you know, drunkalog. You remind me. I love Berlin. In my travels, in my you know basic travels, it was it's one of my favorite cities, and I had a blast there. And I had a friend living there from college, so I got to crash with him for a few weeks. And what I thought would be two days turned into like four weeks, and it was, so it was really special. My drunken highlight was that you know we were partying all night. And all day for a couple days. And uh, uh, one morning I'm trying to get back to the house and I got on the U-Bahn and I was so trashed. I just fell asleep in in the train and I ended up in some city, some other city, you know, like an hour and a half outside of Berlin. And I was, I was totally not buying tickets because I'm like, they're never going to. Uh, I guess, you know, it's a, what do you call it? Honor system there where they have fair checkers, plainclothes fair checkers. For some reason, I was like, I'm never going to get caught. So I, uh, that's what I did. 
And I got back somehow. I didn't even know where anything was, but somehow. You made it. That happened to me at the Marina Beach, uh, the Marina Festival many years ago, too. Like, I just was like blacked out for eight. I lost eight hours of my life and then came to in some random apartment complex in the marina had gotten into a fight with my friends they had presumably gone back to our friend's house to crash i had never i'd i don't even i'd been to this guy's place for five minutes before we started the day um somehow i found found the place <laughs> after some hours i was able to find it crawl back in hey let me in guys that was a low point, you know? But I I didn't even think, it didn't even cross my mind. Oh, stop drinking. It didn't even cross my mind once. Not drinking didn't cross my mind once until I got sober. What about? The day I got sober. And even then, I didn't know that I was stopping drinking. <laughs> like, yeah, Shadow Lady. What about, like, taking breaks from like concerts or parties did you guys ever do that like take naps because i did you mean during dude like i remember this one concert uh it was um no doubt was performing and this was in new york um i forget like what amphitheater it was it was oh jones jones beach and uh i remember but i was drinking and smoking weed because I'm a G. <laughs> and I remember, like, passing out, like, taking a nap, and then, like, coming to at some point, and then I'm, like, back into the concert again. Like, that happened maybe a couple times. I would just, like, sit down and, like, nap, and then wake up, get up, and, like, you know, get back into it. Dude, I was go, go, go. Nonstop. Nonstop all day, all night. And then never did never did uppers or anything. Never did any of that stuff in my life. All on that depressant known as alcohol. And an occasional puff puff, which enhanced things. Little tweet, little puff. <laughs> um Coachella. <laughs> Coachella. Burn. Um so holidays. Halloween is my favorite holiday. Um, and it's a great Me too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's uh, the I... day before my birthday. Oh, really? Nice. Didn't know that. Yeah, it's the best drinking day of the year. It used, I mean, it's the biggest party day of the year. It's awesome having a birthday right after Halloween because you get to go out on Halloween for your birthday. Like, Wait, yeah. Which birthday, Madison? Belly button or sobriety? My belly button. Oh yeah, that's something that I learned in the in the rooms is that there's a belly button birthday. <laughs> Right. I'd never heard that in my life. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, belly button birthday. <laughs> so Halloween, like, I, I, I don't know if I shared it on a previous show, but uh, yeah. Oh, we'll get back to this after our, after our break. Um, all right, cue it up, Bob, Dr. Bob. Cue it up. Bring in the tunes. We'll be back, y'all. High Spirits on MutinyRadio.fm. High Spirits. We'll be back.
yes, yes, y'all. DJ Wally, Bob said on the turntables here at Mutiny Radio. Check us out. Stream live mutinyradio.fm. You can find our archive on mutinyradio.fm as well. If you click on podcast archive, there's so many other wonderful shows. 20 or 30 shows, I think, through the week. Um, it's, it's super awesome. Very popular community radio station. We're happy to be a part of this. And uh, we're coming back to you live from High Spirits. If you want to call in, talk about anything we've been talking about, uh, you can uh, join us at 415-550-0511. 415-550-0511. Welcome back, guys. Um, so... We lost our illustrious Pegasus, uh, but uh, he'll be back next week, uh, so we look forward to his return. How's everything going? It's going. Friday night. <laughs> Madison's waiting to go to the club. I am. Find me in the club. Um, Do you ever find other sober people at the clubs? Uh, very rarely, but occasionally. There's actually a kid that I hung out with him last week, um, and he doesn't really drink or anything. Like, he's not a sober person, but he just is a person, like, he's a normal person that just doesn't drink or do drugs. Like, he has a drink. Um, so the people that I end up hanging out with on a regular basis, for the most part, tend to be the people that aren't. They, they drink, but they have a drink or two. They're not like... So they're not sober sober, but... Yeah, I've never met anyone else in recovery. Like, definitely not. Um, oh, like... Yeah, go out with... But the, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do maybe, know some... Maybe, maybe well, there's yeah, some other people. There Whoa, might be some... Yeah. No, but I mean, have I... Like, I have met people in yeah, recovery yeah. that yeah. will go out with me. There you go, but have yeah. I met somebody randomly Whew. at a club that's in recovery? No, no, I haven't. <laughs> yeah. What? No, I was like, I was like, I know some people. <laughs> so, um. Yeah. No, because like, yeah, the kid that I regularly go out with Kids. doesn't, like he, he'll, sometimes he gets really high, but even then he's not annoying. Like he'll do a little bit of molly <laughs> or whatever. And like, that's about the extent of it. But usually he's just has a drink. So I Kids. don't know. Yeah, and this other kid is cool. Like, he's really nice. I'm going to see him tomorrow night at the show, actually. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's nice to have somebody that I can actually, like, have a little bit of a conversation with. And they dance, too. That's the other thing. I find that the people that I meet are usually the people that are dancing. Mm, And they tend to, for whatever reason, be some of the more sober people in the club. Like... You I mean guess. the people who can stand? Yeah, I now that I think about, about it. Oh, boy, yeah. yeah. A good point. I used to dance, fall down, get back up, dance again, <laughs> fall down, oh, get boy, back up. Oh, boy, you were one of those, huh? I was a tornado. Um, oh, so, Madison, I, I noticed that you, you seem to be hanging out with a lot of kids. Um, how old are these kids? Are we talking about 10-year-olds or 15-year-olds or 8-year-olds? In, the, in the 21 to 26. Seven-year-old oh, range. I consider them kids. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, once they're over 25, they tend to be, well, no, not that much more adult. It's funny. I ended up um, spending some time with somebody that was 30 or 31 last weekend, and it was such a different experience, and it was really nice. Wow. Like It was like the he was like a normal human adult, 
and I was like, wow, why do I not hang out with normal human adults that are older on a yeah. more regular basis? Um, not to say, actually, the guy that I go out with the most, I think he just turned 25, but he's, like, super mature for his age. He was in the military, and he's had a life where he experienced a lot of things, and I think that that's made him older than his age. Like, mm-hmm. he, he's definitely more responsible than a lot of people that age, but um, but the other, I don't know. Yeah. I prefer my men older, but now that I'm, like, also getting older, I'm kind of, like, <laughs> rethinking that. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> the, yeah, the lady shadow, uh, sh- lady shadows, lady corner, eyeshadow, shadow ladies, <laughs> lady eyeshadow. corner, uh, eyeshadow. Yeah. No. Oh, shadow ladies, lady corner. Likes to date older men, but now that she's getting older, unsure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying different things out. I actually was talking to my therapist the other day and we're figuring out like things that I do in relationships and my newest thing right now is I'm my homework is to date atheists (laughs) really yes why is that your homework wow that is interesting (laughs) I guess it's kind of me trying to be okay about not changing other people and see how that goes. Like I don't know. You so know, you know these how, other like, people are an experiment. No, <laughs> for no, you, no, 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 it sounds no. like the psychiatrist is doing an experiment. No, it's not an experiment. Because you actually have to go people. out and find atheists today. No, it's not that. It's like I'm meeting a lot of like atheists because I, I live why. in a state like this. In a city like this. In a city like this, which is like very open, a lot of like different beliefs or non-beliefs. And, you know, while I'm like out there, swipe, swipe, swiping, (laughs) it's like I'm getting into like some fights sometimes, (laughs) getting like just, I don't know, like I got verbally abused one time (laughs) by this one person because I was trying to be like very specific about what I was like looking for because I'm looking for like somebody who is a believer and they didn't really appreciate that. But that was also my fault because of the way that I like put it on my profile. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, that's going on my fourth step. Nice. Um, for people out there who don't know what the fourth step is, that's basically you doing an inventory of all the people that you've hurt while you were using and drinking. And whatever else that you do. That's interesting because my fourth step was not an inventory about people I hurt at all. What was it? Maybe uh, yeah, I'm doing so it wrong. I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> made I'm a searching and right fearless now. moral inventory, right? Yeah. And my um, not to not to say that uh, you're on a wrong path or anything, but just no. M- please help no me. no no that's good that's good stuff we and what you're talking about with your therapist like looking at patterns and stuff like that it behooves me to look at patterns in my life and i just i would just rather eat a tub of ice cream you know or a pound of shalimar curry <laughs> rather than dealing with my patterns but uh no i was just gonna say made a searching made a fearless and searching moral inventory of ourselves and um so 
the format is a resentment list. So it's uh, what people, places, and things, or entities of any kind uh, are we resentful at and uh, that we have a resentment in connection with. And inevitably, okay. Now that makes sense, actually. It, and it, it's related. It is related to what you're talking about, of course. There's a corollary. It, I just, just, no, good, interesting, talking about the fourth step. Um you know, parents are on there. There's some usual suspects, maybe not for everyone in here, but uh, people I've worked with or that have worked with me is always like, there's some usual suspects here, employers, parents, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't, I don't want to um, make light of this step at all. It's very serious and it's very useful. Um, it was just changed my whole outlook on life and people and it gave me a sense of personal responsibility, which was probably the most valuable thing. I think I really learned a, a, a much deeper sense of personal responsibility through that that step, because I was just like mad at everybody else, you know, resentful at everybody else. So anyways, Madison, take it away. Oh, well, I mean, mine was obviously the same format, you know, who am I resentful? Who, what institute? I actually had a lot of institutions that I was. Oh, very I'm sure angry you did. Like <laughs> SIPC, FDC, F. I don't no, know. No, I mean, just, just like the the patriarchy. Like, honestly, I mean, I, the have, I, I still kind of have some resentments about that. But, you know, being angry at institutions, one of the things that step taught me is, or helped me with, is that my anger at institutions and my anger at the way the world is really wasn't serving any purpose for me and hanging on. <laughs> Of that was oh, just yeah. you know it wasn't making me a happy person so I didn't need to do that um, but there is the other thing about what is your partner and I think that's what you're talking yes. about the personal responsibility and my experience Jeez, was actually Louise. a little different in that regard because I was raised in a family where you were taught to take personal responsibility for everything you always needed to see your partner situation how you could have caused it how you might have been responsible and for me the fourth step and actually the fifth step which comes after it was my sponsor giving me permission to not take responsibility for some things. And that was huge. Mm. And I'm going to cry because that was like the most freeing part of it for me wow. is that everything that happens in this world is not my fucking responsibility. Yeah. And I can be selfish about things. And sometimes things happen that I don't have a part in and I don't have to look for why I caused it or yeah. what I did wrong or whatever the fuck. Like, I just don't. And if that makes me a terrible person, so be it. But I've found that's made me a lot happier because... I'm not responsible for everything and no. things happen that I had no part in. And until oh, yeah. I'd done that step, I was in completely incapable of seeing that. And I know that's not really the way it's written in the book and that some people would say that's selfish and self-centered, but it's what I needed to stay sober and it's kept me sober. So, well, I think actually, thanks for sharing that. Um, I've been, I've been doing this. I've recently gone through this with a couple of sponsees, so it is, it's fresh and I'm very like inspired by them and their dedication and what you said. Yeah. On the flip side, actually that's come up. Um, and it didn't come up with me or it hasn't come up with me when I've done these with, with sponsors a couple of times, the fourth and fifth, but, uh, it is like that, what you said, it's like, uh, well, firstly, we, we do talk about in the rooms that, um, it's good to set boundaries, you know, right? We talk about boundaries. We also talk about what we can control and what we can't control. So, I mean, you gotta, that's such a universal message in the rooms. It's totally relevant to, 
uh, identifying that when you're making a resentment list and like, what do you control? What don't you control? What was your responsibility? But I think you're right. I, I do think, yeah, emphasis is typically placed on that we had a role in everything. And I think some, uh, some people in the program maybe come from that view. And one thing I learned along the way that I really like that um, I'll, I would work with sponsees on is, yeah, there are, well, firstly, I mean, you know, it's like the idea in the program is that anything and everything is on this step, we, thorough, you know, right? And that you're sharing it in conf confidential, uh, confidentially with your sponsor, and that's a special relationship. And mm. that's what we would all, you know, hope. Um that you trust each other and because uh, it's a very serious uh, undertaking and uh, takes a lot of courage. And um, but that was I just wanted to say that, dude, in, you know, people have all kinds of stuff on the fourth step, you know, uh, on the, yeah, in their fourth step when they share the fifth step. And uh, it's not everybody's story, but like there is definitely stuff, horrendous things um, and that people are not responsible for. And also, um, so I think one thing somewhere, I don't know who I learned this from or whatever, but it's come up like when there is a situation where you do have a resentment, but in that last column, per, uh, what's my role in it? What's yeah. my part in it? Where you really don't have a part in it other than that basically you existed, you know, cause <laughs> yeah. I have seen some sponsors who are like, you exist you know, right. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm not speaking for, uh, that's not everybody or whatever. I have seen a couple of instances of that, I think when I was early and, um, but I do think that, uh, in those cases, what we're saying is, uh, let me have the strength and wisdom to move past this resentment. That's what we write right. in, in, in that. And I never, nobody ever worked it like that with me, but somehow that's how we're doing it with some of these guys. And, um, because yeah. Yeah. Cause there's some fucked up shit that happens to oh, people yeah. that they have no part in and to tell them that they this do is have the a part real I world. think is super irresponsible. Yeah. I mean, fucked up shit has happened to alcoholics and non, non-alcoholics, exactly. you know, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, uh, shadow lady back to you. You inspired a, what's up? You inspired an interesting discussion about the fourth and fifth step. Um, but I think also when you say people that we harmed, you know, mm -hmm. that's directly related to eight and nine, you know, like oh. eight, eight is made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. And the book tells us that we made that list when we did our fourth step, right? That being said, I think there are people who weren't on the fourth step who appear on eight and people who are... Uh, anyways, I, I'm getting confused, but basically there's like a Venn diagram. I almost was very impressed. It's like, ah, oh, there's no, a big book thumb. There's, there's people who are on the fourth step who don't appear on eight, and there are people on eight who weren't in the fourth. Okay, that's it. I always talk to my spiz nonsies about that, so they ain't confused. <laughs> anyways, but, uh, dead air. <laughs> I'm just thinking I was like I was unconfused and then now I'm a little confused again but basically so Dude, the I, will pull and out my, I will pull out my book <laughs> do you have one <laughs> well I mean oh by the way um, we have this thing uh, called this book and uh, anyways it's on the phone <laughs> it's online 
What are we talking about? The Bible? The, the big book. <laughs> well, the Bible. I remember I had an, a Bible app that like you could search everything and it was an app and it had a daily I have one. reflection. It was quite a, quite a, a sophisticated and very user-friendly app. Yeah. Um, and it had like, it had plans, like, like there would be challenges and plans like, oh, let me live this way for a couple of months. And you're taking this course and other people are doing it too. And it's all through the app. By the way, I'm not talking about AA or the big book guys. I'm talking about the Bible app. <laughs> Did it let you like search for the perfect quote to back up your point at anything? Oh, but the Bible says. Hey, you know what? We need to have AI for that. Yeah. AI for the know-it-all. Uh, I'm um, sure you could do that because in an actual Bible, if you go to the back and you're like thinking about something, like you're trying to figure out like abortion, you, you can go to A and there will be like <laughs> okay. parts in the Bible that talk about that or that can be like, a, um, not a quote. <laughs> it's uh, the verse. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's some very intricate and reference-oriented Bibles out there. There's actually I mean, there's stuff Bible, about sobriety. There's a recovery drinking. Bible, guys. Oh, topic for the next show. Um, there is a there is a Bible out there that is geared towards you know AA and recovery, and it's like. It's okay. I mean, for hey, for those of you out here there who really know what I'm talking about, my apologies. But uh, <laughs> but I remember I've seen it. Um, it was glowing at my eyes. I almost turned to stone. Oh, did wrong you, an, did ro- you find it under a rock and get inspired analogy, to write? Wrong analogy. Like... <laughs> um, burning bush, y'all. Um, so on one page, it has like the biblical stuff. And like on the other page, it has the recovery stuff. Or there's like a recovery one where it's like the big book. And on the other page, it has the references to the Bible. I mean, it's all out there. It's, that sounds cool. I have a Buddhist book. There's a Buddhist. Recovery. Yeah. There's a Buddhist one and there's a, yeah. And Buddhism and recovery. And, um, yeah, for sure. It's, it's quite interesting. I mean, that's that, I guess I, I guess I shouldn't be so astonished or surprised because the program is all about, um, bringing people to their higher power and developing that relationship and understanding and uh, whatnot. Whatnot. I said whatnot there to be flippant, but, um, but yeah, there are, I've seen all kinds of, I had a a person who gave me, um, I have guys, I have a first edition, a big book reprint. (laughs) Like they reissued the original first edition, like a few years ago. And it's very big. It's much bigger than the blue book. And it has, it has like land of the rising sun. Very interesting jacket cover. It's a beautiful jacket cover. Actually. It's like very yellow and black and orange and whatever. And then, um, of course, like, There are some stories that are different and some things were revised. What is this book? What are you talking about? I'm talking about the first edition. The um, AA World Services or the the publishing arm of uh, the society, the the organization, uh, reissued reissued, um, the, uh, the first edition of the big book, which was printed in like, I think, 35 or 1935. Are you guys one of those that like... Madison's like, what are you talking about? Hey, it's late, y'all. We just getting crazy. 
I just, I'm just sorry. It just, I don't know, all the, whatever. It just reminds me, in early sobriety, I went to, like, a movie night where we watched, like, the Bill and Bob story movie. Oh, gosh, I've never seen that. And I was just like, I don't know, that's not, it's not the program I've worked. It's not the person I am. And I'm glad that, I'm glad that I met a group of women that were willing to take me in and have me watch movies with them. But it was not anyway that was not your movie choice it was not my movie choice <laughs> and like the the whole like knowing the history of the program and then this page and then that page Dude, just let not me my tell you. i was about to ask that i, I was, was like do you know pages because i hear people fuck like no no i don't know pages page 68 <laughs> well the worst part was we're watching this movie right and everybody's like i love this part this is like the best part of the book and i'm like i don't know this part of the book and everybody looks at me with this horrified look right so i go home and like i'm not i don't think about it for months and then i read the first story in the book and i'm like oh it was that story that's the story i didn't know no wonder they all thought i was like the lamest aa ever because i didn't know like dr bob's story or whatever dr bill's i don't even know whatever the first the first story oh, wait, that i don't on. relate to madison just said dr bill <laughs> so hey exactly. welcome to you're on the dr bill show uh, where we talk about your problems um uh, dr sorry. bob's nightmare is the first story is it dr bob's nightmare okay yeah, yeah. so it was either that one or it was it's the one where like the war and the i don't know anyway i was like well the the yeah. first story in the big book is bill's story it's called bill's story yeah and then that's the one it was yeah that's yeah, yeah that's the to. story it was um, there's there's a tombstone that he sees like a man is never forgot whether he died by musket or by pot and everybody's <laughs> like oh pot they're talking about weed y'all but they're talking about a pot like of alcohol <laughs> They use different kinds of words back then, y'all. Right. Different kinds of words. Let me tell you on that note, guys. I mean, you guys can see like I'm getting all wild right now. Like I drank some, what do you call it? Some what? Um, What's that stuff? Club Mate. Uh, (laughs) Pegasus Pegasus loaded me up on some Club Mate. Club Mate. But, um, oh, shoot. I was all jacked up on something. (laughs) Bill's story, the pot, the words of the Oh, days. oh, let me tell you. Coming up with my with certain brothers and sisters in the program, I mean, there are people, I kid you not, there are people who learn to read the English language through the big book. That's okay? true. Like yeah. like and I'm talking I'm not talking about somebody from another country. I'm talking about Americans. Like Someone who was a down-and-out alcoholic, didn't get that education, or was just, you know, foggy AF, and and that they worked with a sponsor, and they learned to read, you know? <laughs> or somebody who could read and was maybe not as educated and got really interested in the... Anachronism. Someone who was reading the anachronism forgot how to read because they were drunk. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Lots of things can happen through it, the program. Uh-huh. You could learn to read. <laughs> okay. Anything is possible. Um, but uh, no, I think that's really amazing. That's it's truly amazing. I, you know, you have to look up. There's yeah. Speaking of other versions, there's versions where you then you can look up the words. Uh, there's guides. There's gu- supplemental guides. Um, somebody gave me one of those and I have, I haven't cracked it open a long time ago. Some extra guide. Have you all gone through the steps 
Bob, have you gone through the steps? No. Shit getting real. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have too. Actually, no, I mean, I'm like, so I, wait, out of I have three times. <laughs> how come? I just haven't reached that point where I've been ready to do it. That's and cool. Like sobriety wise. I, I'm just interviewing. I'm curious. All right, cool. I'm a curious cat. Meow. <laughs> That's my cat. <laughs> how long have you been sober now? I'm coming up on two years. That's awesome. I don't even think I got two years together. I think I had like my first relapse shortly after a year or something. I went on vacation and then pot pot got me real pot. Not this. Pot <laughs> pot. Not the olden days pot. Correct. Yes. Yeah, that's a trip, guys. Gotcha. Yeah. No, totally. But Have you worked all the steps? I did it the first time around very quickly, but I also was like very deep into recovery. Like I got thrown into, this was like my, um, this was how I got washed clean. <laughs> I was like in the hospital and then I went to rehab and then I did sober living. So during the period mm, yeah. that I was in sober living, oh. I had a sponsor who actually had less than a year. Wow. Oh and she just like took me through the steps very quickly, which I think is, it was good for me. Right. And, um, like, I don't even remember if we met like not just every week, but like more like a bunch of I, I remember we would just like go through the steps like read and like smoke cigarettes like it was good times <laughs> fast times at ridgemont high yeah well thanks for sharing that both of you guys i mean that's that's uh that's interesting and um for sure uh yeah they're going through it being ready you know definitely and then also going through it, like you said, fast, you were in a pinch in a dire situation. Yeah. It's not all like great experiences. My second go around, I got fired when I was doing my fourth step. What? Yeah. Hey, what do you mean by fired shadow lady? What does that mean? Fired. My, my sponsor broke up with me oh, because yeah. I wasn't like really doing, doing my fourth step. You weren't she said working I hard enough. Like, no, like she, she felt like I wasn't being fearless and <laughs> what is it? Oh my God. Fearless and, and thorough. thorough from the very start. But she was um, right though. Like, like now we're, we're still cool. Like we do gratitude texts with each other and I have a new sponsor and I am finally like on my fourth step and it was right. Like I wasn't ready then cause I was like in this relationship that was kind of like, I, I was, you know, making it work, and I was also, like, just very, very into my job. Like, I was so busy, and I was, like, deep into this whole, like, startup world, and I think that I just had, like, a lot of guards up. And now I'm gonna get emotional too. So what did what did Psych. you what did you do when your uh, Psych. what did you do when your sponsor broke up with you? I I was upset. I mean, 
I, I understood though. I understood why she had to do it because the thing is like with your sobriety, you have to do what works for you. So what I was doing within our like sponsor sponsee relationship wasn't really working for her. Like it wasn't serving her sobriety as well. And I I knew she had to like do that. But at the same time, I was definitely like resentful. And I think she actually might have fired me because when I was doing my fourth step, I put her on my fourth step <laughs> for, for making me like redo my fourth step. I love it. And I think like when I read that to her, her face was just kind of like, you're a B. I think that's awesome though. So yeah, she broke up with me, and then later on, that boyfriend I was talking about broke up with me, and then now I'm ready for my fourth step with a new sponsor. Good. Good spot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of angles you can come at all of this with. I feel like there could be a whole show about that kind of stuff it's interesting because i was just thinking about how it recently it came up with some chatting with some people or maybe at a meeting or something but um that like they're in working with madison is gonna kill me what? no no just like in working with others <laughs> like in working i i won't go into all the details because hey you know we're we're gonna wrap up soon guys um but uh We'll, we'll get back into it. Uh, hey, y'all, if you're out there, read Working With Others. Um, we do, t- uh, we, it uh, talks about, uh, we talk about how um, if your man, they mean like your prospect or your sponsee, this is the parlance today. If your man <laughs> not be, that. if your man not be, you know, taking it, taking to it, then just move on because you're wasting an opportunity to work with another um, pliant Alcoholic. So it came up recently in conversation. So this is the first time when you mentioned that shadow lady that that you were fired, or I've heard people mm-hmm. say they were fired or that they fired someone. It's the first time where I sort of like flipped it and and connected it to that statement in the book, you know, um, just to be in a charitable sort of a way. But it's interesting. Yeah, I don't. I fired someone. I want to fire somebody. <laughs> yeah. Why did you fire a sponsor? I fired my sponsor because she was too intense. Oh, like, boy. I, I mean, like, I understand. This is the thing. Every time that, like, something either happens or whether it's, like, my fault or, in my opinion, it's not my fault, at the end of it, I realize, like, they were right and I was wrong. <laughs> and I think that's just, like... In early sobriety, like the first couple years, you're really just learning. So, I am sorry for firing you. Your intensity was (laughs) great. I think I'm going to, I think based on, I'm inspired. I'm going to go out and just, just uh, line my sponsees up and just fire, (laughs) fire someone just at random, you know, like. Like some kind of, some kind of, what do you call it? Like the firing squad. No, those game, sh- uh, not game shows. Those reality shows. Like you're out. You know? You're cut. <laughs> what if, what if you're we did off the island? Hey, what if we had a reality show like that? Um, let's map that out on the next episode. Sober like, Island. Sober Island. <laughs> you're out. Sometimes you're in. Sometimes you're out. Tonight, you are out. 
that's what just hide bottles of booze around the island oh no <laughs> try to trick them oh no just tempt them oh no temptation island booze edition exactly all right guys i think um hey it's coming down to the wire here uh shall we just sign off i think um how does everybody feel any closing remarks bob nope uh shadow lady i hope i don't get fired again (laughs) (laughs) well work harder I am, I am. She checked in on me today. She's like, what's going on? And I said, I, I started. It's happening. Good. I don't know. My sponsor, I found this hugely helpful. My sponsor gave me a two-week deadline and told me oh. if I'd missed anything, we'd come back to it. Like, I didn't yeah. need to write everything down. It didn't need to be perfect. Just like, and, you know, in hindsight, I liked that because... I knew what was bothering me. I didn't need like months to think about that shit. I really needed two days to think about that shit. Like I knew what was on that list. I agree. It's it was so easy. It's like you know what's bothering. At least for me, that was my experience. I know what was bothering me. I knew it was bothering me the whole time. It was not like something I needed to do any soul searching about. Like yeah, I think I think there. uh, I relate to you, Madison. I think it was there was a lot of stuff that I I just didn't admit it on a higher level, you know, or like accept it, you know, right. Um, But I do think I I, I will say I totally respect and I do think that there are things that are like buried and obfuscated and confusing. And like we were talking about earlier, I can readily admit that like I have all kinds of bad habits and patterns and whatever you want to call it, character defects or whatever that I'm not looking into it today, you know, right. And it behooves me to really dig dig into that stuff if I want to make some big changes. Like make more money. <laughs> okay. Is that your sign off? <laughs> <laughs> ha ha. Um, so hey, it's been great. Um, it's been real. Thanks guys for making this. Thanks really for making this uh, lively show. Um, I think we got our footing there in the second act and um, it's good. Glad we held out. 1158. Happy Labor Day. All right, guys. Have a great Labor Day. Have a good holiday. Be safe. Be safe out there. Bye. Bye.
imagine that this is part of the total picture.
Black Plastic on Mutiny Radio. Dot FM. Remember, we got that comedy festival coming up in early March. Be there as I push says kindly be square.
Do you? 